Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. I want to wish everyone a happy Wednesday as we get to the middle of the week, getting you a day closer to that weekend. And what a fun weekend it should be, no matter what you are doing, because that means we're a couple of days closer to Tampa Bay Buccaneers training camp. And while training camp is soon, we're going to be talking about something today that is a little bit further down the road. It's actually a game that we don't want any of the Bucs to be playing in because we want them to be in the Super Bowl in Arizona. But we are going to be talking about which Bucs will make the Pro Bowl this season. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is also from PewterReport.com. Good to see him back on the show again. It is J.C. Allen. J.C., how are you, my man? Doing great. You know, middle of the way. Hump day. Middle of the week. Getting ready for the weekend. Got some, you know, good plans coming up. So uh, excited about that. Parents night out at my kid's school. So that means they take the kids for like five, six hours. (laughs) Order pizza. Kids play together. Very nice. Cool. Date little, night. Yeah, a little night out with the missus. That's Go watch, very nice. Get some dinner, watch Thor, Love, and Thunder. And then... Uh, Ooh, I have not seen it yet. I plan on I plan on watching it soon. I'm very excited. I heard that um, it's a lot more of like a... Um, like, it's strictly more of like a comedy movie than right. it is like a Marvel movie. So I'm excited about that. I heard there's a couple of cameos in it, too. I won't I, give away any spoilers, but oh, I heard there's some yeah. cameos in it. I've I've jumped through hoops, so I'm so behind. And sorry, guys, this has nothing to do with the Bucks, but I'm behind on like the off season, the boys, <laughs> Stranger Things, like uh, uh, Umbrella Academy. I've got so many shows to catch up on, so I've been like trying to avoid spoilers. And then Thor comes out, and like I still haven't seen Jurassic World. I'm like, oh, get away from me, spoilers! So yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to go see it. And then it's my son, my son, you know, he's going back to school soon. So I surprised him and heads up to Maddie here for reminding me and pointing out. But we're going to Raw on Monday. He's a big WWE fan. So awesome. I'll be at Raw, too. I haven't gotten my tickets yet, but oh, I do plan on going to Raw. To link up. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I just finished Stranger Things on, I believe, Sunday. So, again, no spoilers, but um, hopefully you'll enjoy it. I know. I know I did. So. Um, just before we get into everything, want to give um, everyone a shout out, everyone watching, listening. Uh, please go ahead and hit that like button, hit the subscribe, uh, help us with that algorithm. That's what it's all about. We know it's a numbers game. We're trying to get closer to 9,000 by uh, subscribers by the time that training camp is done. So still got a little ways to go, but we are chugging along, making progress day by day. So if you could just hit that like and subscribe button, would really right. help us out a lot. Uh, got a lot of great videos from the podcast and shorter podcast clips. Had a pretty good video, uh, Rashad White, talking about the comparison that he's been getting to Debo Samuel. That's uh, doing a little bit of numbers here on our YouTube channel. So, again, Pewter Report TV, make sure you subscribe. And once training camp gets here, we'll have a lot more, uh, you know, press conference, quotes, clips, everything else in between. So a lot more content to come. And preseason's right around the corner. We'll have Pewter Game Day, too, and the Pewter Pre-Game Show. And that will leak right into the regular season. So you definitely want to be tuned in for that because the best pregame in all of Tampa Bay happens right here at Peter Report. So make sure you're subscribed and, and hitting that alert button. But when game time comes around, you know where to tune, where to get all your information, inactives, everything right here. Absolutely. A great Peter pregame show and a great uh, live in-game analysis show for a great team. And I think what showed why the Bucks were a great team is because, JC, they had a lot of players go to the Pro Bowl last year. Oh, yeah. 
I'll I'll just write I'll just mention the names quickly. Tom Brady, he did not participate, but he was voted into the Pro Bowl. Uh Mike Evans, Ryan Jensen, Ali Marpet, Tristan Wirfs, um Shaq Barrett, Devin White, Vita Vea, and Antoine Winfield Jr. So I believe that covered everyone. Obviously, uh, a lot of players that you already know of. Tom Brady actually hasn't played in a Pro Bowl um, in multiple years. So even if he were to make it again this year, I don't think he'll necessarily um, (laughs) play in the game. But JC, I'll ask you, I guess we could just go position by position. Um, and also before we get into that, I, I do think it's very funny because I think a lot of the times with the pro bowl, especially a position like the offensive line where it's tough to quantify things because there's no stats really besides like penalties. And obviously right. this is the PFF grades and everything like that, but it does feel like at times, especially with the pro bowl guys that should have got in the year before we'll get in a year after because everyone will be like, oh, like this team is good now. They've sustained their success. Okay. Like they're going to get in. Because think about it. The 2020 season when they won the Super Bowl, the only player that made the Pro Bowl from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was JPP, which is insane to think about now because all the injuries that he got and just the lack of play that we saw from JPP last year. And then this season or last season going into this season, you know, the Bucs didn't meet their expectations. A lot of us predicted them to at least get to the NFC Championship game, let alone the Super Bowl. But their season ended short. Obviously, the Pro Bowl voting happens before the playoffs. But, you know, the number of guys we listed off, what is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine players were accepted into the Pro Bowl, whether as a, you know, first-team guy or an alternate. Even, um, like, Alex Kappa was, like, the backup to the backup in that situation if other guys opted out. So... Right. Uh, a lot of talent across the board for the Bucks that felt like in 2020, more guys should have been voted in. But at the end of the day, they got their uh, acknowledgments uh, a season later. Right. Yeah. I mean, you look at the the people who made the Pro Bowl for the Bucks, and it, it was they had a, a pretty good showing uh, straight off the bat with at least the uh, starters or reserves. You know, Tom Brady. Uh, Tristan Wirfs were originally named to the Pro Bowl. Ali Marpet, Ryan Jensen originally named to the Pro Bowl. You look on the defensive side, you had Shaq Baird originally named to the Pro Bowl. And then you had the guys sneak in with injuries or, um, you know, people were playing in the Super Bowl with Antoine Winfield Jr., Devin White, Vita Vea made it in that way. Mike Evans made it in that way. So I think going into this season, you're going to see a lot more guys get their recognition and get their props. Um, and especially, I mean, we're not talking about that position yet, but once we get there at the wide receiver position, I mean, I think it's, it's no question in my mind that Mike, Mike Evans could be a starter just given the exodus of some of the, some of the talent that's left the division. So, um, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Obviously you got to put the stats, you know, and, and the voting happens like mid season. So yeah off hot too right you can't just you know kind of drag your feet into it you can't have a great you know um october uh, november december and expect to be made to the pro bowl which is one of its flaws i think but what can you do and, and the voting situation too with fans fan voting i mean especially you brought up with offensive linemen just skip that part you know click yeah. the top names and move on no one's really looking for a certain player that they're going to recognize um other than someone on their team uh, that they root for, you know, unless it's like fantasy stats, I feel like. Yeah. Now, it, it, it's interesting 
because let's face it too like the pro bowls is a nice acknowledgement but it's you can't compare it to an all pro like all pro everyone earns that but i do think the pro bowl is important as well because of the fact that players have it written into their contract like there's incentives and bonuses for making the pro bowl so while yeah sometimes it could be a popularity contest um you know, that popularity contest could turn into like another half a million dollars or, you know, whatever it might be because they, they have that uh, in their incentive. So I do think having Pro Bowls, like it's good for the resume. It's good for the, the Hall of Fame, um, you know, mm-hmm. argument if you want to make four players. I still would lean heavily towards all pro than over uh, Pro Bowl. But Scott actually brought up a good point on the podcast the other day that made me think about it again, where he was saying that, you know, it's, it's kind of silly in other sports that you have an all-star game in, you know, in basketball and baseball and hockey that happen like in the middle of the season. Like, you know, some players are our second half players and, and things like that. So uh, that, the NFL does it right in the sense of, yeah, the voting happens before the season ends, but you still get like a big chunk of the entire season. And it's just silly. Cause like, you know, the baseball, they just announced the all-star teams on Sunday. And it's funny because, People will always argue about snubs in, in every sport, but then there could be a guy that's not even on the radar right now that hits like 30 home runs after the all-star break or whatever. It's like, wow, that guy would have definitely been an all-star if he would have done that. And uh, that's where the makeup half. happens. Like for the next year, they're like, oh, how do we leave yes. this off last year? Exactly. You know, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy. The Pro Bowl still, I mean – they got to bring the Pro Bowl competition skills competition back and do something a little bit different because it's just an unwatchable game. I mean, it's a lot. It's one of the last football games. So I still find myself watching it because I know it's like the last time I'm going to see these players until preseason starts. So I'm still hooked on it because, God, if I have to watch another season <laughs> of the USFL <laughs> after the Super Bowl, I don't know what I'm going to do. Hopefully the XFL. JC, so I think I only watched... And this is no disrespect to the to the USFL because anyone that's you know playing at any level and you know trying to make a name for themselves, I give them all the respect and the credit in the world. The only USF game, USFL game that I watched, I think it was the championship game because they're doing that thing though where yeah, you know, there's a team in Tampa and Philly and you know at Birmingham, whatever, but they're all doing it in at like Birmingham, Canton, I think, or oh, Birmingham, oh, Birmingham, which I think I think. Did they win the championship? I think they were undefeated for the longest time. It's like talking about yeah. Home, so it was something like that. So they're all playing in one city. But I turned on the championship game, and it was like seventeen to three, like heading into the fourth quarter. And it's just like ah, you know, this isn't really. I'm not really vibing with this too much. But you know what? What about someone like internationally? Or someone that turned on football for the first time? They're watching the Super Bowl, and it was like the Patriots Rams Super Bowl. When oh, yeah. uh, that was like 13 to three or whatever that might be right. like, obviously Patriots fans enjoyed it, but like to the outside person, you'd be like, Oh, that, that game kind of stinks, but that's you can't, uh, <laughs> can't, yeah, you can't judge a book by its cover, but um, I just want them to bring yeah. back NFL Europe. I loved NFL Europe. You know, you how many names came out of NFL Europe, Adam Vinatieri, Kurt Warner, Jake DeLome. Like there was a lot of good quality players that came out of there because they had the support and the financial background coming from, uh, the uh from the NFL. So I don't know if there's a partnership supposedly between the XFL NFL. We'll see what that is. The rock, he really doesn't do things half ass. And I That's can't true. think of anything really. The rock was uns- maybe the scorpion. King. <laughs> 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 like he's yeah, pretty- all right. 
was that was early. That was early Hollywood right, rock right. too. But I mean, so. he's still. I mean, he he does. He puts out quality stuff. His tequila is amazing. If you haven't had uh, this, Saramana, you know, yeah, I've had yeah, it from time to time. Promo the Rock right now, but yeah. hopefully the XFL is much better. It gives us another thing to watch because the Pro Bowl, like we're talking about here, is really the last time you see all these stars until preseason training camp starts and, yep. and it's your last you know hurrah to watch this game and they gotta get they gotta find a way to make the whole experience in the game better um but if the bucks are in it you're still gonna watch you know you guys just uh, if your teams are aren't in the super bowl you're still gonna watch it because of course you want to see your guys one last time yeah, shout out to Long Lost Glazer here with the comment. He said, my favorite championship game was 31 to 9. Of course, alluding to the <laughs> Buccaneers Super Bowl victory over the Kansas City Chiefs that happened in Tampa. That game, again, like for the you know, Bucks media and Bucks fans watching, obviously that game was awesome. I think because there was still a lot of scoring, like there was 40 points scored in the game total. I think it still did make it for an entertaining game. And the fact that it was you know, it was like Gronk that scored two touchdowns and obviously right. Antonio Brown, whatever you think about him, polarizing figure, like the star players made plays. Leonard Fournette scored a touchdown. So I, I understand how like other people could be like, well, you know, it wasn't a close game, but the stars really shined bright in, in that uh, in that aspect. Of and it. I think until it got like later in that fourth quarter, you you can never really rule, you know, Mahomes out, you know, exactly. Like, yeah. And, and it would have been a, hot, a closer game had his guys just held on to some of the balls, you know, like one bounced right off his guy's face uh, and, and watching the Bucks defense just completely destroy that offensive line and Mahomes run all yeah. over the place and still make accurate throws that just were dropped by his receivers. I think it was still entertaining, um, but it was ultimately entertaining if you know. You're yeah. And like the interceptions, the, the Bucks, the interceptions that the Bucks had were awesome too. Like Mike Edwards deflected a pass and, and Antoine Winfield Jr. was able to, get the interception right. and then uh Devin White's interception at the end of the game while you know the Chiefs weren't going to come back it was still cool to be like hey we held them without a touchdown right and it also won me a lot of money because no one scored in that fourth quarter so the Super Bowl <laughs> boxes I won the money for the third quarter and then no one scored in the fourth quarter so I was a double winner uh, which was awesome but JC let's get into these uh player positions now uh we'll start with the quarterback position obviously TB12 Tom Brady I think it's it like, I would be more shocked if he didn't make the Pro Bowl than if he did make it again. I I, I know what is it? Only three quarterbacks make it, or four quarterbacks make three, it yeah. per team. And sure, there's a lot of good competition in the NFC. You obviously have Aaron Rodgers. You got Dak Prescott. Kyler Murray made the Pro Bowl last year. Um, we'll see what happens there. But you know, this league is all about TB12. This team is all about TB12. Um, if he puts up anything close to the numbers that he had last season, um, you know, he's a shoe in to, to make the pro bowl. Right. I mean, even if you knock off like 500 yards and <laughs> brings him down to like 48, say so knock off five touchdowns, it brings him to like 38, like 4,800 yards and 38 touchdowns with, you know, even if he throws two more interceptions, 16 interceptions, that sounds like a pro bowl player to me, you know? Yeah. You're, you're just chunking off like three games for him, two games for him. So I, I think he's, I mean, unless he just dramatically falls off, Tom Brady is going to make it for multiple reasons. He he won't be there, but uh, most likely, but he may too. You know, that's the thing too. When you're considering the voting process, it will be his last, 
what we're assuming is his last season. So maybe he'll want to go to that last Pro Bowl of his career or whatnot. I don't know. But I think, I mean, look at that guy. He's he's, just, he's intense. He's got that. He's locked in this season. And even without Gronk, he still has plenty of weapons to get the job done and spread it out. Plus, you have all those those targets that Gronk ate up last year that are going to have to go to other wide receivers. And um, I don't know if Cam Brate's going to eat up all of them. So it should spread the ball around just as equally and, and still get those passing yards and touchdowns, if not more. Yeah, I don't think we have to spend too much time on Tom Brady because it's Tom Brady. So let's move over to the running backs now. Um, because Keyshawn Vaughn and Giovanni Bernard are essentially, you know, third down guys or the backups of the backups, we don't have to talk about them. With all due respect to them, no, you know, not trying to diss them. Um, Rashad White, a rookie, I think it would be kind of silly to already pencil him in as, oh, he's a potential Pro Bowl type of player right now. But Leonard Fournette, I think, has a solid case for multiple reasons. One, as we talked about earlier, the Pro Bowl is a bit of a popularity contest. And as you mentioned, JC, the fan vote is, you know, is a part of it, whether you like it or not. I think Lenny has a pretty good following in terms of um, like people still think about him as like the Jaguars, Leonard Fournette, who was like a stud player and making Pro Bowls and the star player there. And then he comes here, wins a Super Bowl. He's got all the fun nicknames, Lombardi Lenny, every single type of Lenny that, you know, we've all come up with. Um, He's got that national appeal. I know he went on the podcast part of my take before and like had some hilarious interviews with them. So they obviously have a huge following, so if they like Leonard, a lot of fans uh, will like that. Um, so that's one side of it, just the popularity of Lenny. The other side of it is that he's going into his third year in this offense. I understand he didn't look the most in shape, you know, at, at minicamp, but you know he's had six or so weeks to get back into shape, and I, I think he will. This is the first time since Jacksonville where he's going into a situation where he's the number one guy. He doesn't have to really look over his shoulder. I know Rashad White will be very helpful to this offense, but this is Lenny's offense in terms of the backfield. And whatever he wants to do, he's going to be able to do. And because he's a runner and a receiver as well, um, again, a lot of great competition at running back. But I think Lenny, because of just the likability of him, it gives him a shot. Yeah, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there, too. Coming into the season, he's the unquestioned starter. When he came in in 2020, it was him or Rojo. Even last year, it was, you know, Bruce Aarons wasn't announcing a starter. It was him or Rojo. And he's the official starter in this back. Rashad White, we'll see how his progression goes. But I think, you know, you look at him finished with the third most receptions on the team last year. Um, was just, you know, an animal at, at catching the ball. If he didn't miss those three games, he's probably over a thousand yards. He probably scores twice again. So you're probably looking at a thousand yard, 10 touchdown back with uh, 69 receptions for 454 yards. Maybe let's call that, you know, let's just call it. 550, give him 100 more yards and another touchdown, three touchdowns. So you're looking at over 1,500 yards from scrimmage and over, you know, 10 touchdowns to the back. The problem is if he can put those numbers up, he's got, it's not as stacked as the AFC, who's got a plenty of running backs, but he's got Alvin Chubb and Taylor in the AFC alone and Derrick Henry. Like that's a, 
heavy hitter. Those are your three pro bowlers right there. But in the NFC, you still have Dalvin Cook. You've got Alvin Kamara. You've got um, Christian McCaffrey, if he can bounce back and have a healthy year. Aaron Jones is another guy that's, that's, you know, capable. And if Zeke and Saquon Barkley can bounce back, those are guys as well. We saw Miles Sanders really turn it on towards the end of the season. If he can build on that with the Eagles, would they, you know, revamp their offensive line a little bit? It's going to be tough for Lenny to make it. If I had to go on one offensive skill position group to not be represented besides tight end for obvious reasons, it's going to be yeah. running back. I just, I, I don't see a clear path for him unless he just goes bananas, B-A-N-A-N-A-S this season and just puts up some some odd numbers like 75 receptions, 600 yards, five touchdowns, maybe 1,200. But the problem is Pro Bowl voting happens before all that. Yeah. So he's the majority of those numbers before then, you know, if he's going to be named to the Pro Bowl, which starts voting starts, I think, in late November. Good reference there. Shout out to Gwen Stefani. Hey, no doubt. Um, another really cool thing about Leonard Fournette is that um, he also advertises – with Celsius Energy Drinks, which, yeah. of course, is the presenting sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. And guys, we love Celsius for multiple reasons. Same reason why we love Leonard Fournette for multiple reasons. Uh, for starters, with Celsius, the variety and the flavor is fantastic. You got the sparkling orange. You got the sparkling wild berry. Uh, I got orange pomegranate on me right now. Then you got all the vibes, the peach vibes the Arctic vibes, everything else in between. So the taste is great. And of course it gives you that essential and essential energy that you need. Uh, Seven essential vitamins, no preservatives or artificial flavors or colors, zero sugar gives you that energy to get you through your day. Whether you have a busy work day, whether you want to go and work out, uh, have a game later in whatever sport that you may play. Uh, There's no better drink to use or go through your day with. Then (laughs) <laughs> tropical and uh, tropical lenny that's great but of course <laughs> there's no better drink to go to than celsius energy and another really cool thing going on right now jc of course you can get them at your local bodega gas station whatever's close to you you could order it on amazon and because we're in the middle of prime day if Ooh. you order celsius today you can save 30 percent off of celsius packages by ordering them on Amazon for Prime Day. That's 30% off. Insane. You're practically stealing from the company. So uh, we'll leave this graphic up for a little bit just to remind everyone, uh, go to Amazon.com and um, order that Celsius. You can you can set it up for two weeks, three weeks deliveries, however long you want it. But um, it's great taste. It's fantastic. And you'll save a ton of money by ordering from Amazon Prime. So Shout out to Celsius for your fantastic energy drinks. Mm-hmm. Love me some Celsius. So before we get into wide receiver, because I think that's going to be a bigger conversation, you want to just jump into tight ends right here? Sure. None of them are going to make it. None of them are going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> we do have some comments there I want to get to. Josh yeah, sure. asking if anyone knows we're going to sign a veteran tight end. I don't think they would sign one until camp starts. I don't think getting someone in camp, I think they want to kind of see what their guys can do. Obviously I think a majority of us in their opinion that it might not be enough what they have in house already that they might need a veteran. But if they, the problem is the offense has mo- spent a lot of the time in 12 personnel the last two years, especially when they're running the ball. Um, so 
I mean, if they don't, then it pretty much signifies they're going to spend a lot more time in 11 personnel, mm-hmm. um, in my opinion. But one thing I think that Max brings up, and I actually wrote an article about it too, is the possibility of Dal- Dalton Schultz. And if, and if Dalton Schultz is traded for by this Bucks team, which I think is highly unlikely, um, I think then now we have a consideration of a potential Pro Bowl tight end um, for, on this roster. But because, as he mentions, the deadline comes on Friday, he's making, I think, $12 million. That's pretty much all of the Bucks' cap space. He would, would The deal would have to come either today or tomorrow in order to work out a contract extension. I just don't think it's possible. But, Matt, I mean, is Dalton Schultz a possibility still, you think, or is that ship sailed? I kind of think that ship has sailed. Um, I, I just think, depending on what type of contract that he wants, because that's the issue going on with um, – Schultz, right? Like the Cowboys, they put the franchise tag on him, but he doesn't want to get franchise tagged, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, right. He's upset having contract negotiations. Uh, Obviously not the number he wants, so he skipped uh, mandatory minicamp as well. So, I mean... Right. It's just, and of course, the the Bucs are great when it comes to making the dollars and cents work. So that, you know, they can bring in anyone. And if that means uh, kicking the can down the road, uh, as as people like to say, I could see it. But I, I just think at this point, the Bucks can get by with the room that they have. And I know that's asking a lot of, you know, uh, two rookies that have never played in the NFL well, before. A Hall of Famer, too. <laughs> yes. But I do think, like, again, Cam Brate, Steady Eddie, we know what we're going to get with Cam Brate. I think if you go that other veteran route, I'd rather just go with the cheap option and, um, you know, get a Kyle Rudolph, get a, a Jared Cook, whoever might be available right now. Just have another veteran presence in that room. I'd rather spend a little bit more money on, if we're talking about bringing veterans in, um, that fourth pass rusher, that guy that, and uh, I've never seen it the other day. I guess Justin Houston resigned with with Baltimore. Yeah. And that was one of the guys we were talking about. And I saw that notification. I was like, "Damn it!" Like he's the ideal person. We, we had an episode of this podcast where we talked about you know potential outside linebackers to bring in, and Houston was the type of guy that I thought would have been great in terms of you throw him out for like twenty snaps, you just ask him to rush the passer, that's it, and you kind of go about your way, and hopefully you know he'll he'll pick up some sacks there. Um, I still think there's a possibility for the Bucks to go out and get that type of player. So I'd rather allocate that money towards the Correct. edge rusher than, um, you know, trading for someone like Dalton Schultz. I wouldn't rule it out. Obviously, the Bucks are you you know, never know. know what they're doing. And Russell yeah, Cage. you never know. But it, it was on our radar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it, it's a good question to have. I just think with a couple of areas that the Bucks have to address, I would rather look in that direction than than Dalton Schultz. Right. Speaking of Russell Gage and how that was a surprise, and maybe they do surprise and trade for a tight end, but the wide receiver room, I think, is going to be the biggest surprise here because I think they've got two pro bowlers um, right off the bat. And and like I said earlier, I think one of them is going to be a starter easily. Is that uh, Mike Evans, you said? Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think Mike Evans is going to be a starter. He's one of the top wide receivers in the league. ESPN Plus just put out their rankings of the 50 you know, executives, players, and, and coaches, and they had him as the eighth best receiver. There's just no one more dependable, more steady. The thing about Evans last year is, and I wrote about it in our wide receiver preview for, for training camp preview, which dropped today, is he only had two games of two of 100 yards. He had one game with like 
70 something yards and three touchdowns. But I think that's a room for an improvement for Evans is to, you know, work on that yak, right? Get, get yeah. those fight for those extra yards. Cause he finished 37th in the league and out, out of wide receivers and yak yards. So if he can do that, fight for that extra yardage um, and, and expand, expand those 100 yard season games he's gonna have the numbers he's gonna have a thousand yards he's gonna have an over you know 10 12 touchdowns but i think if he can do that then he, he's a surefire starter for this um and, and then obviously godwin too i mean godwin was on a, he, he missed the last what six game five games of the season still would have been a yeah he would have been a pro bowl player if he was healthy and i i don't mean to cut you off but um no, you know no. godwin godwin was still leading the team in receiving yards at the time and receptions before he got injured. I mean, the run he was going on where he was having like double digit catches and um, like double digit catches and hundred yard games, like three or four games in a row up until that injury. So it's crazy. Chris Godwin's only pro bowl. Uh, the only pro bowl that he made was 2019. And even that season, his, his season ended a little bit early because he had the, the hamstring injury. That was the year when, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Scotty Miller all had hamstring injuries. And so it was like Rashad Perryman as, yeah. as your number one receiver. I would love for Mike Evans. I still think he has it as in him. Like one more. Mike Evans has those monster games, you know, where he has like over 100 yards and two touchdowns. I think Mike still has one more like monster season. Like he's had great seasons, obviously, and he's on his way to a Hall of Fame and he gets a thousand yards every year. And he's having, I guess I mean more in towards of in, in terms of um receiving yards because he's doing it with the touchdowns. Obviously, right. he just broke the the uh, single season franchise record for the box with Two touchdowns. <laughs> but I think I with Mike, I want to see a tad bit more of the consistency where you know he'll occasionally have those games where like he'll have one catch for 10 yards, and then the next week he'll have 10 for you know a hundred. 70 or whatever right. it might be so and i understand teams they put their their two best the you know they'll double team mike evans they'll they'll game plan around him and that obviously opens up a lot of things for chris godwin i just think mike has one more monster season in him where you know he's going to be close to leading the league in in receiving yards and again it is tough in the in the nfc you obviously have cooper cup who was the triple crown winner last year uh, Justin Jefferson was second in the NFL uh, in receiving yards with over 1,600. Uh, don't have to worry about Devontae Adams anymore because he goes oh. to the Raiders. But then you do have to worry about um, like A.J. Brown going to the Eagles, obviously not playing with, uh, you know, the, the best quarterback out there. But, you know, you got Debo Samuel in there, too. CeeDee Lamb, um, too, who now yeah. a little bit more target share now that Amara Cooper's not there. So there's definitely some some guys out there that are going to give him a run for his money. But I think you're right. I think Evans, we haven't really seen – he's had his 1,000-yard seasons, but the last couple of years have just gotten there, you know, 1,100 yeah. yards in Yeah, exactly, exactly. 1,006 yards in 2020, 1035 last year. The last time he had like a – I mean, even 2017 with 1,001, so he just made it by a yard. He yeah. hasn't had, you know – 1500 yards receiving since 2018 2016 was 13 that's the type of year i think he needs to have close to that 86 96 receptions that he had in those two seasons with like a 15 1300 with the with the 10 touchdowns and i think that's gonna get him unanimous starter you know as a starter for the pro bowl i, I think he's capable of it um i think 
I think Evans, while he's still, I think, one of the most underrated wide receivers in the league, especially the NFC, I think he's got a higher profile than Godwin, who I think is even more underrated um, than, than potentially than Evans. So I, it, that's where I think Evans is probably going to be named the starter. While Godwin can possibly have the better season statistically via catch and receiving yards, I just think because of Mike Evans' name, he's going to get drafted in the first round in a lot of fantasy league. Yeah. <laughs> questions of marks about chris godwin is he going to be ready for week one we're not sure there's reports from adam Schefter that we wrote about last week yep. go ahead and read that maddie wrote about it um you know that he could be ready for week one so grayson said he could be week one but if he's not he's still i equate pro bowls to fantasy numbers right because anyone usually who's voting for a pro bowl is also playing fantasy football and they're going to go for the guys that give them numbers even if it's not there they'll vote for the team that they like and they'll be like oh jonathan taylor's tearing it up right now he's the number one back in fantasy i'll vote for him or wide receiver wise so i think if you're if you're going on based on like draft position and fantasy while it shouldn't matter i think it does to the common fan who's going to go vote for that not not to our pewter report fans because they're very well informed and knowledge and very knowledgeable but i think that's just kind of the way it's going to happen and and mike evans will get that spot over godwin even though godwin might have the better numbers other than touchdowns than him yeah i think godwin and what i was just talking about with evans about him not always being the most consistent guy while still reliable Chris Godwin is that Mr. Consistency. You know, he is that guy that's always going to, you know, be open in the middle and things like that. And if Godwin plays anything like he has, whether it was 2019 season when he really erupted onto the scene or the 2020 year or even last season before getting injured, if he plays anything like that, I think he'll be a shoe in a lock for the Pro Bowl. Now, let me ask you this, staying on the topic of Chris Godwin for one moment. The criteria isn't exactly black and white when it comes to this, but the NFL comeback player of the year, Mm. because Godwin got hurt later in the season, like I know Dak, I think Dak won it this year, and he got hurt, not week one, but it was like earlier, it was earlier in the season. I know Chad Pennington one year with the Jets, he won it after he like missed the majority of the season. I don't know if it was too late for Chris Godwin, but if he falls into – if he's able to fall into that category because he missed, you know, a couple games towards the end of the year, I think Chris Godwin, if he falls into that criteria, could definitely win comeback player of the year. I don't necessarily know if it counts because he got hurt right. so late. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, it depends I, on who else was injured last year. I mean, I, I was – Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, I don't, I don't know if he'd be eligible. I'd probably – say he probably isn't because he's got what did he get hurt in like what week 15 or something yeah something like that it was, it was the saints game i think that was week 15 yeah i i think stick stay in the comp and the division though and i think christian mccaffrey's probably got a good bet at winning it if he can bounce back and put up the type of numbers yeah that- well the, the other guy i was thinking of it would be zeke and i know zeke was healthy for most of the year but he kind of just stunk so it's yes. like you know if he if he actually played better do you still Saquon- can he still get yeah, or could you still get comeback player of the year just because you didn't play well and then you live you played up to your expectations? I don't know. That's why I was trying to say it's not really like a black and white, you know, cookie cutter type of uh, right. you know type of answer. It'll be interesting. I think they usually give it to players who are injured or out of the league, like an Alex Smith when he was injured and out of the league because of the injury. And 
Yeah, I don't know if he qualifies, but it's a good point to bring up. If he does yeah. and he goes on a tear, I mean, if he if he totals, I mean, he was at 98 catches last year. He gets up to like 120 and yeah. 400 yards and eight touchdowns and, and he qualifies. Then, yeah, I mean, I think that's freaking for sir for certain uh the enough criteria and stats to get it, get to that award yeah jason i mean yeah as you said he was at 98 catches so cooper cup still would have led the the nfl he had 145 receptions but Devontae adams was second with 123 tyreek was third with 111 and justin jefferson was fourth with 108 god i mean godwin probably would have finished second yeah, he could have at least got into the top three, like without question. The the run that he was on, he definitely would have got second. But, you, you know, right. you have to factor in like, you know, to do that for the next four games or whatever it might be, might be asking a lot. But, yeah, oh. I mean, he's right up there with, with the best of the best at the wide receiver position. Uh, just wanted to get to this chat uh, real quick from Damien. He says, put Tebow at tight end. <laughs> hey, can't rule anything out. Is he – um? Is he doing the college football? Yeah, he does at, the college game day stuff with like Laura yeah. Rutledge and a couple of the. I never other. understood. Like, it makes sense for Tebow or like Matt Leiner to do college football analysis or Reggie Bush because that's when they were the stars and stuff like that. Right. But then you have like Mark Sanchez, and I'm not knocking Mark Sanchez, <laughs> but. Knock Mark Sar- Sanchez. You have every right to as a Jets but, fan. Like, why is he doing. I don't know because I another example you could use is, is like Dan Orlovsky. And I know like one time Mark cook, RIP Mark, like he tweeted at Dan Orlovsky, like, you know, kind of cause he had a bad take about something. And everyone was like, Oh, this is the guy that like ran out of bounds. But I think a lot of people, obviously if you're a quarterback in this league, you have a ton of knowledge of the NFL, even if you weren't a very good player, but like Orlovsky seems to be like a pretty good analyst. I think most people, Everyone, no one's going to be universally loved except for like a, a select few people in this world. But I, I don't know. I, I don't think too many people have an issue with Orlovsky. I could be wrong. But it's kind of the same thing with Mark Sanchez. Like Sanchez had two good years with the Jets, and then we all know how the rest of his career went. Why is he doing like NFL coverage when he was a pretty good college football player at USC? Why not do the, you know, the the UFC, uh, UFC the uh, NCAA type of analysis? I don't know. That's just my thought. Yeah, I I, I don't get it either. But you know, <laughs> you, some some people are just not good, right? You're not good at football. You're, right. you're not good at analysts, analysts and stuff like that. But some people are great, and some people are just natural at yeah, what. Like I do. think Orlovsky is a pretty good, you know, announcer and analyst, and like he brings information. Like obviously, ESPN has all those shows when. Part of it is to get so ridiculous as possible that you just right. say stupid crap. But I don't know. I, I think Orlovsky's fine. I don't really have too much. It's all right. I mean, but I mean, you look at him. He ran out of the end zone, right? You know, that's yeah. the place Exa- known Yeah, for. exactly. Sanchez, the butt fumble is the biggest yeah. play that he's known for. But Beating Tom Brady in the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just... <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's uh, let's move along here. Um, line. Let's yeah, the whole line. So obviously last year, the Bucks had Ryan Jensen. Tristan Wirfs and Ali Marpet. We can can we guarantee that Ali Marpet won't make the the Pro Bowl this year? We don't know if he's going to come back, but um, if he does, he's not playing. <laughs> yeah, hard. That's for sure. I he's think the weight. Yeah, I think Tristan Wirfs. I know he's only been in the league for two years, but I truly think Tristan Wirfs, who got his first All Pro last season, will be another All Pro. He's going to just be that guy that 
everyone, even the offensive linemen aren't always well known. He's going to be a very well known offensive lineman that fans across the league will know about. He's going to be with the Bucs for 12 to 15 years. A guy you don't even have to worry about. Just every year, Pro Bowl player, All Pro, future Hall of Famer. I know it's early, but I just, I, it's, it seems like that's the trajectory that Tristan Wirfs is on. So I think it's, He's very apparent he's going to make the Pro Bowl again this year. He's the Orlando Pace uh, yes. you know, guy you just okay, – Jonathan Ogden. That's the guy I was trying Ogden. to think of. He's the guy you just find in the Pro Bowl rankings. You're like, I know he had a good year. I don't even need to look it up. He's going to the Pro Bowl. Every year I think he's in the league unless something happens injury-wise or – I just don't see him – I don't see him – uh, you know, regressing at all. I mean, he's a guy. I think actually the Bucks could have four or five linemen in the Pro Bowl. I mean, I just, whether it's by reserves, whether it's by getting voted, I think Tristan Wirfs gets voted right in. I think Jensen probably gets voted right in as, you know, the starter or the reserve, whatnot. But I think you're looking at Shaq Mason. I think, you know, with Brady behind him, at the rate that he gets rid of the ball, and then Donovan Smith, I think, is a guy who probably got snubbed from a reserve spot last year. I know a lot of people um, you know, have up and down feelings about Donovan Smith, but his play has been on point the last three years since Brady got here. And really not much to complain about. He's gotten better. You can see the improvement, the work he's put in. And I think that he's definitely, as we mentioned before, the guys who don't get recognized last year sometimes get recognized this year. And I think players and coaches will recognize that and maybe he'll he'll be in there, in there as a reserve or a replacement. So I think, again, you know, they had almost four or five last year. I think, again, they could have four or five this year. Yeah, I think with Jensen, again, you go back to – we were talking about this a little bit on yesterday's show where um, they just had like a big uh, like group outing with, with offensive linemen. And yeah, um, what was it called? Uh, the Mastermind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, a lot of different guys spoke, but Ryan Jensen was one of the guys that was talking. And, again, second time in two days. Shout out Carmen Vitale former Bucks uh, team writer now with the draft that were, she was out there. So she was posting a lot of photos and videos and the circle around Ryan Jensen, like when he spoke, everyone was listening and, you know, he's a guy that already garners respect. He's considered one of the best centers in the NFL. So I think him and Werfs definitely should get back. I agree with you with Donovan Smith, where he's gotten better every single season, especially with Tom Brady uh, coming here. We spoke a lot about him on yesterday's show. So again, would recommend to everyone to uh, watch yesterday's episode with Scott and I. We talked about X factors for the Bucks, and Scott had Donovan Smith as, as one of his. Um, I think Donovan kind of falls into the, the same issue that Ali Marpet had for a while, where you know, Ali was one of the best guards in the league. Obviously, Donovan Smith plays tackle, but Ali's one of the best out there and just never made the Pro Bowl up until last season. Donovan isn't even getting respect in uh, – he actually just quote-tweeted something from PFF yeah. a little bit before the show. PFF does a lot of, like, build your perfect team, build your perfect offensive line with, you know, up to $15, so you have one through $5. And Donovan Smith was not on the list as one of the, the offensive tackles that you could use in this thing. So he said, disrespectful the fact I'm not on this joint. It's all good. I love when you all count me out. So we're talking about another motivated Donovan Smith. I think he plays like a Pro Bowl player. I just, again, I think he'll fall into the same issue that he's had over the last couple of years. Like, we all thought Donovan Smith played great last year. He didn't even get an alternate, you know, uh, consideration. So maybe this is the year that he gets the alternate consideration. And then the following year, 
hopefully the Bucs can stay afloat with whoever their next quarterback is if Tom Brady decides to retire. Not ruling that out yet because we've seen so much craziness. I I want Donovan Smith to be there. I think he's deserving of it. But again, there is a lot of tough competition. And yeah. with some other guys that you know people around the NFL might know a little bit more or have seen more consistent play, I think if Donnie does anything like he did last season, you have to at least put him as an alternate. I think he's very much on his way there. And then the guard situation, yeah, uh, you know, Shaq, two new guys, I mean, new in terms of coming to the box. Obviously, one will either be Stinney or, or uh, you know, okay. Gedeke uh, on the left side. Shaq Mason, he's made the Pro Bowl before, if I'm not mistaken. So it's another, um, you know, I wouldn't rule it out. It's one of those things. I don't want to really want to make a prediction on it because he's in a new offense, different things, different teammates and everything. But I'm, right. I feel good about the offensive line in general. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you look at last, I mean, Donovan Smith could play his lights out this, you know, and just be the best left tackle in the league. He's not being Trent Williams for that starting spot. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, you know? So like, but they just gave him a 99 in Madden or right. whatever it was. Like Tyron Smith, Dwayne Brown, Brian O'Neill, DJ Humphreys. Like Brian O'Neill, who the heck is Brian O'Neill? This is the first time I've ever heard his name. Apparently, he's a tackle from Minnesota. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, I, I, I think that he could definitely work his ways in, into the reserve or an alternate Tyron Smith's you know, falling off a little bit. And, you know, you read his little quote, don't count me. Don't, you know, he loves when people count him out. I'll tell you one thing, guys, you can count Donovan Smith in for an appearance on the Peter report podcast next week. We'll have more details as that comes, but Donovan Smith will be here live on the Peter report podcast. So make sure you stay tuned to figure out what day and what time he'll be here. But yeah, moving, awesome. moving on to the defensive side. Now, I think well, let, there's one more point I want to make. Okay. JC. All right. All right. Um, you talked about, you know, things you can count on and another fun thing that you can count is uh, money, especially money that is won by playing underdog fantasy and best ball mania three with their $10 million in prizes. Uh, it is the best place to play fantasy football this summer. And that's an underdog fantasy. Uh, the best ball mania three tournament again has $10 million in total prize money. Best part is you draft your team. That's it. No waivers, no trades, no in-season management. Underdog gives you your best score each week of the season, and the highest scores stay at the end of the year, and whoever has the highest will win. Champion of Best Ball Mania last year drafted their team in June. Uh, we've obviously moved past that, but there's no time like the present to join Underdog. There's much more incentive to start drafting your team right now than in August when training camp gets here and all of the unsung heroes, the best kept secrets, they're not there anymore because we're all talking about them. So start drafting them now and get a leg up on the competition. Plus, Underdog Fantasy is going to double your first deposit up to $100 when you sign up with the promo code PEWTER. That's four free entries into Best Ball Mania 3. So what are you waiting for? Head to underdogfantasy.com or the App Store. Sign up for Underdog Fantasy with the promo code Pewter and draft your Best Ball Mania 3 team today. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code Pewter. Okay. Defensive side of the ball. Defense wins championships. Scott Reynolds loves defense. Therefore, we love or like defense. I'm not going to tell you how to feel about it. Yeah, JC, love me obviously, defense. let's talk about the interior defensive line, then we'll move out to outside linebackers before we you know keep moving along here. Vita Vea represented the group last year. 
Um, I think Vita's really coming into his own as, um, you know, a, a top-tier nose tackle in this league, as a lot of the rankings have shown. Vita is very much in that discussion. It's one of those things, kind of like what we were talking about with Donovan Smith, um, when you have another guy at the same position, in this case, Aaron Donald, right. who, um, you know, is the best defensive player in the world. Um, you might not always be the number one guy people are thinking about, but Vita is very much moving uh, up there in the right direction. Then Logan Hall, rookie, not going to put too much expectations on him for the Pro Bowl. Uh, Akeem Hicks, if he plays up to his potential, you got a lot of guys that are going to be kind of like in reserve type of roles, you know, guys that will be very helpful to the Bucs, but you know it's going to be Vita as the number one guy, and then everyone else will play their part uh, around that. I, I think if you're looking at it, you're, you've got like really two two guys who are going to be in Pro Bowl consideration. That's Vita Vea, and that's going to be Akeem Hicks. Akeem Hicks, if he goes off and gets crazy sack numbers, I think he may he he has a chance to make it. But I think Vita Vea is probably the the likeliest bet. He's obviously. I think we're going to see him on the field for more snaps. Not crazy amount of more snaps, yeah. definitely because they want to preserve him. But I think we'll see him on for more snaps. Uh, the again, defensive tackle such a diff, difficult position um, to kind of predict because it's like offensive line a little bit. Obviously, there are stats to accumulate, unlike offensive line. But a yeah. defensive tackle, a true defensive tackle isn't going to rack. He's not racking up a hundred tackles. He's not, you know, right. Normally. Except for Aaron Donald. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're Aaron Donald, you're not getting 10 sacks. You're not getting a whole bunch of, you know, tackle for loss, pass, pass deflections. I mean, if you look at kind of what Vita Vea did last year, he only had 33 total tackles, four sacks, five tackle for a loss made the pro bowl as a reserve alternate. And I think that's along the, the lines. And we did our over unders the other day. I had them mm -hmm. you know, slightly higher, maybe five, six sacks. And I, I think that's what you're looking for. You know, you're going to have to have those stats looking early again. It's early for defensive tackles. It's specifically early. You got to get those sacks early in the season. So when it comes to pro bowl voting, Vita has got four sacks. Oh, that's a lot for a defensive tackle. Well, three sacks. That's good yeah. for a tackle. Three, you know, so those stats for defensive tackles need to pile up early instead of late, especially for Pro Bowl voting, for fan fan voting at least. And then coaches and players' votes are a different story because you know they play, they see these guys on the field to play against them. Joe Grizz says Akeem Hicks and Vita going to the Pro Bowl. Feeling pretty optimistic about that. Nathan says Vazilla, King of yeah. Monsters. I kind of like that nickname, King of the Monsters, for uh, for Vita Vea. But well said about Vita and the and the defensive line. So let's talk about the outside linebackers. But before that, want to say thank you and a shout out to Josh Thompson for the four forty nine. Super chat. Thank you very much. I don't know what type of currency that is, but he says he's from England, so I yeah, imagine that's, that's the pound. pound. Yeah. yeah, that's the pound. And yeah, thank you, Josh, for the 449 super chat. Again, uh, if you want to be kind enough to hit us up with a super chat, we will make sure we get to your question soon and right away. So uh, Josh says, much love from England. Can't wait for the new season. Tryon is going to have a big year. Keep up the great content. Let's go, Bucks. Thank you again, Josh. Very very kind of you. And um, right on time, as we talk about the outside linebacker position, as we know, Shaq Barrett was <clears throat> a uh, Pro Bowl player last year. He also was 
in his infamous 2019 season when he had 19 and a half sacks, led the NFL. So um, I guess really the question is, with Shaq, he doesn't have that security anymore of being a player that people don't know about. You know, he's on everyone's radar now. This is also the first time in his career where this is his room at the outside linebacker position. When he got here in Tampa, there was JPP here. I know JPP was hurt for a little bit, um, but it was always like the dynamic duo type of setup. You obviously have a young and up-and-coming Joe Tryon Shoenka, but this is Sha- this is Shaq's room, all right? So I guess the question is, Shaq probably going to get a lot of those double teams and the chips because Joe Tryon Shoenka is still you know, a second-year guy with a lot of flashes and, and pretense- potential. We'll see if he could put it all together. Um, I still think Shaq can reach double digits and I think he could be a pro bowl player. I just think the mountain is going to be a little tougher to climb this year on the flip side, JTS. I think unless he, unless he gets double digit sacks, I wouldn't really consider him a a pro bowl type of guy, but you know, every year there seems to be a new predominant premier guy that can get after the quarterback. And maybe Joe Tryon is that guy this year. One, because he's going to be starting every game. And two, if he cleans up the amount of times that he got to the quarterback and came close to a sack, then he was almost in double digits. We said he had four. He could have potentially had eight or nine. So he's knocking on the door of getting the double digit sacks. And once you start doing that consistently, you'll always be in consideration. Yeah, right. I think JTS, he's got to really set the world on fire to get that nod this year. It's got to be somewhere around like, you know, 15 sacks and just. Just really, and I don't think he gets a nod right away, too, as a starter, probably maybe as a reserve or an alternate, uh, even if he does have that. But I think Shaq Barrett, I mean, I, I've already said, I think his his floor needs to be 12, 13 sacks, and his ceiling needs to be much higher than that. Um, you know, while, yes, he's going to be, uh, and I listened to the pod yesterday, you and uh, Scott did a great job, but while he's probably going to be facing a little bit more chips from tight ends or running backs, just because the big boys in the front are going to be taking up at least three blockers. I think there will also be times too, will they be able to Todd Bowles is one of the most creative defensive yes, he is. head coaches. He's going to put Shaq Barrett in a position and Shaq isn't the most, he's not the biggest. He's not the fastest. He's not, he doesn't have the greatest, you know, array of pass rush moves there is, but he just does it. He just gets to the quarterback and he's got a nose for it. There's uh a reason why he's he's among the lead league uh, lead league leaders in pass rushes <laughs> since he's joined the Buccaneers. The only people higher than him are T.J. Watt, who won the Defensive Player of the Year, Aaron Donald, who consistently wins the DJ Defensive Player of the Year if T.J. Watt doesn't win it, <laughs> um, and yeah. he's right there with pressures. He just needs to get to the quarterback more, and I think you know with the help up front is going to help so many other people in that linebacking core, whether it's middle linebackers, outside edge linebackers. And I think he's, he's, I'm not going to say a lock for me because he's got to go out there and put it in there, put the work in. But I mean, if he made it as a reserve with 10 sacks last year, as a res- so obviously not a starter, but a reserve is named to the pro bowl. Alternates are the ones that'll get moved around. He was named to the pro bowl team last year. If he can do anything what he can do as he did last year. And again, remember too, he didn't, he only played 15 games. So he missed three games. I, I think he's, a, he, he's a shoe in for, um, for a pro bowl next year. Let's talk about the other guy uh, in this picture that we just put up. It's obviously Shaq Barrett to your right and Devin white get live 45 mm-hmm. to the left. When we're talking about inside linebacker, 
it's clear the only two comparisons are Levante David and Devin White. Devin obviously made it last season. Levante David was injured, so probably wouldn't have made it uh, based on that. And he's still consistently overlooked um, in, oh, in his entire career. But I think with Devin White, he, again, kind of falls into that same category of um, of Leonard Fournette, which, funny enough, of course, they both went to LSU, where, like, Devin White, I think, has a lot of likability. I know some people get angry with the with the way that he plays, but, you know, he's a very outgoing guy. He's been involved in a lot of different things. People love that, you know, he has, like, a, a ranch with horses and, and everything like that. And so the fan, but I think Devin White will be in. And I think if Levante David gets back to the splash plays, as we talked about, Levante, he's kind of the last piece of the puzzle of the why isn't this guy getting more national recognition? And we've seen the Bucks getting that a little bit more as we talked about with the Pro Bowl last year, now that they've been winning. Levante's like the last guy that he, like, get him into the Pro Bowl, damn it, because it's been a long time. Right. Um, so I think if he can get back on track, 100 tackles, a couple forced fumbles, everything like that. Because, um, you know, ever since, like, Luke Keekley left, there hasn't always been, there are, you know, good inside linebackers, but there's only a handful of like the star inside linebackers that everyone knows around the league. And I'm not even necessarily saying Levante David is going to be that guy, but I think we, the Bucks can take advantage of the fact that there aren't the Luke Keekleys and the Ray Lewis and those right. type of guys out there where, all right, well, if we're going to give it to someone, give it to Levante David because he's kind of earned it. It's the longevity, you know, side of it. Right, yeah. I think for if you're looking at the NFC side of things for linebackers, it's going to be difficult for both of these guys to make it. Uh, a lot of it's going to depend, really, um, besides play. Where does Micah Parsons line up? Is Micah yes, Parsons an inside true. linebacker? Is he an outside linebacker? Can Fred Warner stay healthy for the full season? Fred Warner, I think, is the best linebacker inside linebacker in the league. Um, obviously, wasn't healthy fully throughout the last season, so he, he didn't make the Pro Bowl. Bobby Wagner, who made it over last year, over Levante or Devin White, um, I think he takes a step back last year. He really didn't have too many splash, splash plays, but the 170 tackles were kind of eye-popping. Uh, that's a lot of tackles for yeah. a player to make, but he was also on Seattle, which also was, you know, getting a lot. <laughs> on the field a lot. <laughs> on the field a lot, turning the ball over a lot because they didn't have necessarily the best team in front of them and injuries played a part. So um, is there a possibility that both Levante David and Devin White could both make the Pro Bowl as either starter reserves or alternate? I definitely think that's that reality we can live in. Obviously, all the reasons, all the things that you mentioned and what really – you know what they mentioned. It's not just what we're talking about as analysts. It's not what you're talking about as fans. It's what they talked about. And the fact that Devin White took the ownership saying, Hey, I need to play with more discipline. I need to play with more control. Sometimes I like to run. Uh, sometimes, you know, I, I take my speed for, for granted. And I, and I think that it's an advantage, but it, it comes back to haunt me. We've seen him overrun plays. I need to watch more film. Larry Foote, I think all those things. And then Levante saying, hey, I didn't make as many splash plays as I want to. You know, I felt like I was down here. I think you asked him that question, too, in the press conference. So kudos to you. But I, I think you look at those Thank things, you. and if they can turn it around, they both have a shot. As Long Last Glazer pointed out, you know, Micah made, made it as an inside, Micah made it as an inside linebacker. 
He's going to play a little bit of both. So where does he line up? If he doesn't line up, if he sees a majority of his snaps at edge on the outside, outside linebacker, I think that paves the path. But again, it also depends on Fred Warner's health too. Roquan Smith with the Chicago Bears had a pretty good season, didn't make it. But yeah. both of these guys definitely have a shot if they can stay healthy and make the plays that we're accustomed to seeing them too. Yeah, Devin White was very open and honest about you know things that he needs to work on and, and where he can speak, where he needs to get better. And uh, I mean, it's no question that both that if both of these linebackers made it in to the Pro Bowl, Bucks fans would be very, <laughs> very happy with that. And another thing that can make you very, very happy is saving your money with Immuni Financial. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead. Stay ahead. We're in the middle of the summer, and now is the time of the year to get over to Colorado. And uh, (laughs) when you're managing your family's wealth, go to Muni Financial because it's simply more than just allocating your assets. Peter Report and Scott Reynolds trust Muni Financial with our investments and retirement funds, and you should trust them too. Call 1-800-868-6864 and talk to David or Mark. They're awesome people over there because they'll tell you all about the different kinds of services that they have. There's legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, and much more. So once again, call 1-800-868-6864 and get started with Immuni Financial today. That's David or Mark, Immuni Financial. JC, right. as we start to uh, wrap things up here, we just got the secondary to go, so we can just kind of talk about it all-encompassing. Obviously, safety Anton Winfield Jr. was in there last year. I think there's no question he's going to be back. But I want to focus on someone that has not made a Pro Bowl yet, and that's Carlton Davis. Right. I think the two things stopping him, one is uh, just health-wise, needs to stay on the field a little bit longer, and two, the interceptions. We've talked about it ad nauseum. But – if he picks up those interception numbers, the the coverage ability that he has just sticking with the number one wide receiver on every single team, the way it helps out the rest of the defense, I think this guy is going to make a Pro Bowl sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think if you look at the NFC, the landscape, Jalen Ramsey is usually a lock to make it, right? Yeah. Trevon Diggs was named the starter last year. Even made, a, I think, the second team All-Pro. Maybe the first team All-Pro. I don't know. But I think we see a, a regression from him in the interceptions. He... He was torched multiple times, but those 11 interceptions stood out, so he was rewarded for that. Um, and then you look at around the league. I mean, you got Darius Slay, Marshawn Lattimore, Stephon Gilmore was made that. If he can turn at, if he can turn those pass deflections into at least five interceptions, I think he's definitely solidly in the conversation for for the the Pro Bowl for sure. Antoine Winfield Jr., however, you know, I know, I know, we almost caught a lock, but they only put pick three safeties. Last year was Quandre Diggs, Buda uh, Baker, and uh, Harrison Buda Baker, <laughs> and Harrison Smith. And Diggs, the only reason Winfield made it was as an alternate because Diggs backed out because of injuries. So, mm-hmm. I Antoine Winfield, while he should make it, he's got to prove it too because they don't pick many safeties. Yeah. Um, he's got to go out there and he's got to have the type of 
Pro Bowl, All Pro season. I'm projecting them to have, and, and really, uh, you know. But I think a wild card here could be Jamel Dean too. And, and huh. I'll, I'll do not fight. make a scene. Uh, do, don't make a scene. He's progressed every year. He's been in the league last year. I, I've said it over and over again. You're probably sick of hearing it. He was the number one cornerback in the league against press man coverage. And if they can find a way to put him into that coverage, he's got the long speed to keep up with receivers. He just needs, again, he needs to be able to turn those, turn some interceptions in. If he can turn some interceptions in, that's the name of the game here, guys. Not going to lie. Splash plays. I don't care how many tackles you yes. have. How great you are. At across, dude, across the board, too, with the linebackers and everyone in the secondary not named Mike Edwards. Right. <laughs> I think it's yeah the case. If you pile up those splash plays, those interceptions, those fumbles, those all those stuff in the Pro Bowl, doesn't matter how you cover. They're going to you're going to get voted in. That's just kind of how it goes. So that's the key for the secondary, really, is being able to create turnovers. And with the front seven that they have in front of them, I think we'll see more of an opportunity. It's just cap. It's just capitalizing and showing the consistency to actually create them. You know, like don't drop the ball. You know, there's a reason why they're not wide receivers, right? Most yeah. <laughs> guys can run like a wide receiver, but you can't catch like a wide receiver. But if the secondary can do that with Antoine Winfield Jr., heck, Mike Edwards, Dean Carlton Davis, if they can pile up those. Because, I mean, come on, Trevon Diggs was burnt all day. He was burnt I know, but people day. saw the highlight plays and the interceptions. I mean, you what? can't argue with the number of interceptions, but, no, yeah, but I mean, people started making people started making the case that, you know, he got beat on a lot of plays. So, like, do you, fa- you have to factor right. that in. But, again, it's, it's about the flashiness and the pizzazz and the bright lights and the big plays. Right. And the Cowboys, of course, are, you know, a lot of times playing on a national stage because – Everyone hates them except for people in Dallas. So, right. Uh, I mean, and if Dean gets ten interceptions, I mean, there's going to be a case for him to make the make the Pro Bowl. Um, so, I mean, it's just kind of how it goes. If you look at the 2020 season, the only really down down game that Carlton Davis had was that first game against the Chiefs. Otherwise, he locked up everybody else. I mean, he held Devontae Adams in check. He held um, you know Cooper Cup and Robert Woods in check. He did he did very well that season. As a coverage cornerback, he didn't have the splash plays. He didn't make a Pro Bowl. Didn't get the recognition. It's all about splash plays. It's all about the numbers for those for those positions. And if you ever want an example, Trevon Diggs is the biggest yeah. example. And then there's a starter because of the 11 interceptions. So I think anyone's name could be tossed in there, but it comes down to plays. And I think they're all capable of making those plays, especially Dean Davis, Edwards, and AWJ. Yeah, I think it'd be really cool, especially if Davis and Dean could get in two guys at the same position, uh, haven't made a Pro Bowl before, and have been getting better and better each season. So it would it would be really cool to see that uh, payoff for them. Obviously, Carlton got a little bit of a payoff in terms of a new contract, and I know, uh, of course, Jamel Dean will be looking that for that as well. And of course, right. making a Pro Bowl would really help with that. But it'll be exciting to see how many Bucks players make it. There was a lot last year. I'd be willing to bet it'd probably be around four or five guys again uh, this season. Um, well, it'll be a while before we find out. We don't want to skip any positions though here. All right. Well, if you want to make a case for sucker for Jake Camarda, specialist, you think we got any specialists going? Maybe Zach Triner kick return. Does Jalen Darden turn it around this year? Jose hey, may, dude, maybe maybe like Grant Stewart. I Grant? mean, oh, think yeah. about. Think yeah. about Matt Matthew Slater, your guy. He like made well, not your guy, but you being a Patriots guy. Uh he made the Pro Bowl like every year just as a coverage guy, not even like a returner. I guess he did return some, but 
Yeah, I made it like, last year. Just a pure special teams player, not a, not as a returner. Yeah, so, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I mean, he could definitely – Grant Stewart could definitely make it. Yes, last year he was tied for third in the league in, in special teams tackles. So there's there's definitely a, a spot where he can make it. I mean, long snap was such a – I think they just put a name in a hat and pull it out. I mean – Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. That trying mean, could be pulled out. Who knows? If, like, if anyone messes up one snap, you could take them off the list. So <laughs> that might that might weed it down from thirty two to like twenty eight. <laughs> you know, right. something like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know how they pick like a long snapper thing. They Luke gotta have Rhodes, Luke Rhodes from Indy and Josh Harris from Atlanta made it last year. I have no idea who those people right. are. Right? If anything, they should just pick like. I understand having a different kicker and a punter, but like whoever your punter is should automatically just get the long snapper too. Right. <laughs> like, I think that that would, uh, I think that would be fair, but I don't know. We'll see, you know, suck up. Doesn't really, he's got the accuracy, but you know, he can't kick it from 50 plus like a lot of the other kickers, uh, in this league and Kamard is a rookie. So I'm not even really going to speculate on, uh, you already know, you know my stance. I think Jose yes. will win this job. Yes, so. you do. You, uh, and, and then banging that drum. You know, if he's hitting 50 yarders here and there, I think, you know, maybe Jose Bor. But I think, no, I think Grant Stewart, you made a great point. I think he could definitely potentially be uh, an out dark horse candidate to make it as a, as a special teams player, especially if he plays up to the level he did last year. So we'll see. Well, there you have it, folks. And um, tell us who you think is going to make the Pro Bowl this year for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Put it in the comments below. Thanks again to everyone for watching. Make sure you like and subscribe and subscribe to the Pewter Pulse. Help us by subscribing to Pewter Report TV. Get those thumbs up. Very much helps us with our algorithm. Let's other people know about Pewter Report and the content we have out here between our podcast, our clips, um, press conferences, all the videos that we have up here. We really appreciate it. And we'd appreciate it too if you guys come back and watch us tomorrow again at 4 p.m. So for J.C. Allen, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everyone, for watching. We'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.